I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, dammit! Ah, we'll have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You wanted your file? I found you your file. You wanted out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you no use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost it right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov and uh, witty catchphrase, you know what I mean? And my name is Colin Drucker, and let me tell you something, your genuine enthusiasm changed my company. (gasps) What is that? (laughs) Okay, this is exactly where we need to start this episode. Hello, everybody. Please. Uh, so I know that, you, and, and rightly so. You, oh, okay. I think I know where this yeah, is going. Go on. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. That you you uh, stepped off the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills bandwagon this season, which is uh, an, uh, self-care at its best. But certainly the BSA of, of Beverly Hills has been... Jamie Lee Curtis. <gasps> Still, even like, because I, I mean, I, the, where I left off, this is sad, is the first episode of Aspen, where they all made Sutton cry in that circle, and um, Diana said, well, you are a cunt. That's like, oh, that's yeah. where I last left off. So I have missed everything, but go on. Well, it's the reunion. Yes, it's happening. I, mean, I know. But, this uh, is like the reason we sit through the other 20 know, episodes, yes. you know? Well, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis comes to the reunion. <gasps> I did not even know that. Oh my God. You have to watch. It is so. And, and so this is her talking to Dorit about the, the chic wind chimes. Okay. And you know, cause she, uh, Jamie Lee, you know, uh, says that she's rebranded her charity, uh, my hand in yours as the chicest child children's charity. And, you know, Dorit's taking it all. I, there is a part of me that's like, oh, man, Dorit must be like a little embarrassed. Like, sure. You know, they rename the wind chime like the, the Dorit chic wind chime or something like that. And I feel like Jamie Lee had this like moment of compassion where then she looked at Dorit and she was like, let me tell you something. Your genuine enthusiasm changed my company. And I thought, well, Jamie Lee, that was in, in the delusional world of Jamie Lee Curtis. That is a very that was a very human kind choice to validate Dorit's so yes. chic moment, you know. Oh my gosh, I love that though. I it is nice that she like, I guess acknowledge it because it it probably is the truth. And I feel like, I feel like Jamie Lee. I think she's gunning for that. Like, I mean, this is something we can also talk about a little bit later or now. Is just uh, some like early trajectories for like. Uh, Oscar contenders because we're well not well into Oscar season but um everything everywhere all at once I know she's kind of gunning for a best supporting actress nomination and I feel like she's just like really making the rounds and making her face known and this is definitely a smart move I feel for Jamie Lee well so Jamie so Jamie Lee she is an interesting topic and I would love to get her on you know so to speak on this podcast as a point of discussion 
perhaps the movie House Arrest, you know. Ooh, uh, yes. Jamie Lee Curtis, and I also recently watched this really interesting video on YouTube, and it may have been that Oscars channel that I sent you. I think it was like Brian Rowe video, but I'm okay. going to look up on YouTube what it was. But it was all about like Jamie Lee Curtis and the, and the elusive Oscar, you know, and like yes. why she hasn't won an Oscar and like at what points in her career was she, you know, potentially a contender. And let's see, did I save it in my watch laters? Well, I bet if I just search like Jamie Lee Curtis Oscar, 8,000 results will come up. Jamie Lee Curtis, um, bear with me, folks, I'm going to vamp. Um, but anyway, this got me kind of feeling like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is an interesting Hollywood figure. Yeah, so Brian Rowe video, which uh, R-O-W-E, uh, a channel I highly recommend to anybody listening right now. It's so good. It's like why League of Their Own didn't get any Oscar nominations yes. or, you know, the best actress race of 2003 should so-and-so have won. Here's why they shouldn't have or blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, he recently put out a video, Jamie Lee Curtis and the Elusive Oscar. And Ooh. what it made me think is right now is a perfect example. She is hardcore promoting the current the new halloween movie halloween ends yes which you know is not oscar material even among horror movies i mean i haven't seen it yet by the time this episode comes out because surprise folks are recording this a couple days early but this evening i will because it's a trilogy that has come out in the past two years which gotcha. kyle richards was in yes so you know just to tie it all in and um so the third one is, 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 you know, just came out. I'll see it tonight. And I'll say this. These movies are terrible. They're awful. They're just so bad. I, the only good sequel, like the or more recent good sequel to Halloween is the one they did in like 1999 with Michelle Williams and Josh Hartnett and Jamie Lee Curtis. It's Halloween H2O. Oh, so yeah. good. So good. Um, Should have stopped there. But... um. Jamie Lee, and she's done it for all three of these movies, she'll go out there and do the press circuit. And you may have heard the whole thing of her being like, it's all about trauma. And and it's all about, do you know, have you heard? I haven't heard oh it. My I've gosh. been off the face of the earth. The Honestly. Like four weeks with this dog. But yes, go on. Well, and this has been like ever since these Halloween movies came out. So for the past few years, that's kind of been her thing is that trauma. these are all about, it's all about trauma. And she always pronounces it trauma. And Yikes. it's just her talking point to kind of elevate what are not very good movies. And so yeah. anyway, sorry, this is a long tangent to say that Jamie Lee Curtis is this interesting figure in Hollywood where she can be promoting this slasher on Peacock. She can be appearing on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and on their reunion and just wait. And I'm not going to spoil it. You'll have to go see the gift that she presents. It's it's <gasps> the comeback levels of camp. Um and she can be, and I think is, and is certainly my pick for she, you know, as, as an Oscar contender for everything, everywhere, all at once for best supporting actress. She is somehow exists on every level of like Hollywood celebrity right now. I love it. I mean, she seems like such a kook too, and I did love her in the movie, and I, I'm very interested in that film because it came. We've said it so many times on the podcast too. It came out at such an interesting time, like right on the tails of Oscar season and I, you know, I'm rooting for it and like everyone in that movie. So I hope that it can still have the momentum that it currently kind of has now still. So we'll see. I think, uh, you know, I mean, I was, I was looking up recently what the, you know, 
what's the best actress race yeah, look the gold like? derby yeah and you know maybe we could you know talk about that first but uh just before we do just a, a hello hi everybody hello everywhere everywhere yeah. all at once uh this is kind of like a Weston's after show. You know, I don't know if you know, but last week we put out the second annual Weston's. And one thing I realized, and, you know, if you, it's like if you know, you know. Why is it called the Weston's? We never really explain that in the episode. But, of course, the Weston's are named after Celia Weston. I, I, I figured that said that, that spoke for itself, you know. Sure, yeah. If, if, if you know, you know. But, I, I, yeah, we should have included that. So maybe we'll write a little, like, you know. Just make a mental note for next year just to be like, this is, it's, we, we give it all to Celia. Yeah, like maybe next year we'll have a little montage at the beginning, a little musical montage for Celia. You know, we'll give it all to Celia for a minute. You know? Oh my God. Yes. I, I love the quote from Junebug where she yells at, doesn't yell at Amy Adams, but she's like, use your head. The way she says head. <laughs> use but your she, head. Because yeah. um, Amy's like, have you met her? And she's like, <laughs> And what's Amy's name in the movie? I don't know why. I can't remember it off the top oh, of my head. Oh, man. Where she's like, how could I have met her? She's like, use your head. You, yeah, yeah. She's like doing dishes. I love that line. In I don't that know kitchen. Why. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so her, you know what, Junebug, why, are you, why does the cast list not show me? Oh, she plays, I'm camping. What, what, do they not have Amy Adams in the cast list? Oh, Ashley. Ashley. Yes, use your head, Ashley. Use your head. <laughs> Oh god, I love that movie. Yeah, it's so good. Um so anyway, last week was the Westons. If you've not listened to that episode, go back. It's I feel like it, it not only is it, you know, the episode that we wait all year to do, but it's a nice kind of rev- catalog review of a lot of the episodes we've done for the year prior. So maybe one of them that you haven't listened to, one of these little clips will spark your interest. So, you know, or you don't want to listen to a whole episode about Mass, because you're a masochist, you can hear a bunch of clips in the Westons. I was gonna say, who wouldn't want to hear an episode all about mass? But I, you know, it's heavy stuff. It is right. So you know, if you just want a little sampler platter, or you know, maybe you're not a Patreon and you don't watch Smash and you don't know why we're covering it on on Patreon, which is a seamless plug right now. Uh, <laughs> y- you get a couple of nominees there as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a juggernaut of an episode, and you do such a good job, Colin. It's it's really all of you uh, is, you know, you gave it all to the Westons this year and every year with those clips. So thank you for putting it together. It always oh. comes out so well. Oh, it, in honor of pleasure. You know, it's, it's just I feel like it, 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 it touches the same nerve or the same experience of like dumping out the box of Legos and then like, okay, let's start building. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. I, I I can't get enough of it. So it was super fun. Um, very proud of that episode. But this week, taking it a little bit easy. This would be for anyone who's been a Patreon or even earlier uh, may remember the Best Supporting After Show. This is kind of a Best Supporting After Show kind of episode. Yeah, I feel like it's really been a while since we've just kind of caught up. Because with the After Show, we're... It's the the Smashter show. There it is. Something Hey-o. like that. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but we really don't take the time to to check in. So this is it's it's nice to just relax. How how have you been, Colin? What have you been up to? How is your fall going? Oh, I'm good. Things are good. I feel like I had uh, some lack of clarity for a little bit of like, what am I doing? And sure. I. Uh, I think I know now, and I don't think we've talked. Have we talked about this at all? About what I'm, 
We are, I, think, I, no. I don't know. I feel like it's been a while, so hot off the press, maybe. But go yeah. on. Yeah. Well, and 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 what's great is oh, okay. So so I you know I was I've been kind of in this place. I I stopped doing this this consulting thing for this you know this digital advertising consulting gig uh, that ended kind of unceremoniously. And thank God, what a shit show. But it gave me the money that I needed. You know, I I checked my finances recently, and I was like, oh. You know what, Colin? You're not you're not flying by the seat of your pants. You're okay. You you know you're okay. Yeah. And so that was a really good feeling. Um, like uh, that I'm glad that I'm done. I got what I needed from it. But I was kind of in this headspace of like, well, what do I want to do? Like, what do I do? I just I was just <laughs> who do Sydney, I call? Who do I call? I was just sitting yelling, wait. I just like in in the in the grandest sense, what do I do? And I just kind of said that on the phone to the universe, and yes. I. I was I kind of had this idea of like oh well I I, I really like you know I'm a, I podcast I have gotten I, you know decent at it I've taught myself a lot of things I really like editing you know see the westons and so it's like I, maybe that's the direction I want to go is like audio yeah. editor or, you know whatever audio engineer and what I don't know what it would be and I started just kind of moving in that direction but the reality is I am. I like doing, for example, the Westons, where you and I get to like talk about whatever we want, and we get to have that production meeting, and we yeah. get to plan out all the categories, and we get to like then we get to just do what we want to do, and then the editing is just like me with the Legos, and I'm like, yep, okay, great, and you know the only person I have to answer to is just like you and me, you know, yeah, and I. I am not an, an AV nerd, you know, yes. and like, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, well, you're going to need that. Sure, Mike, the, that A370. I don't I don't know. I'm not that person. Yes. And I felt like I had to, like, squeeze my feet into those shoes for this career path I think I'm supposed to be following. And I was like, I don't want to do that. It's going to ruin podcasting for me, you know? Yeah. So, you know, scratch that. And then there was a bit of like, uh oh, what do I do now? And um long story short too late i feel like it <laughs> i had this moment of clarity i don't know when it happened i can't like i can't pinpoint the exact moment but it was maybe in the last month or so where i guess i was thinking about like what i've done in my day job and what skills i've kind of developed and whatnot and like short story long one of the running themes throughout like my day job that i've actually really enjoyed and i've been really good at and I have been, I kind of put the same kind of energy to that I put editing, you know, the Westons, for example, is Salesforce. I kind <gasps> of love Salesforce. I, and so short story long, I am now training or going through the, uh, the training to take my Salesforce administrator certification test and move in that direction. And God knows where that'll take me. Oh my goodness. This is so, first of all, I'm so excited for you. And Salesforce is a huge part of my job. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to be hitting you up for some questions. Absolutely. Because we're really kind of within the next year moving. I mean, again, all of these words that I don't know how to, like, all these like acronyms and all these sort of systems from where they are now into Salesforce. So oh. I feel like, and that's, there's a lot of uh, my job that's, you know, that's, sort of one of the biggest priorities that I'm not directly responsible for, but, you know, it is part of the conversation. So who knows? Maybe we'll hire you, Colin. I was just going to say, <laughs> cut to we work together. Oh, I mean, my be, God. 
That would be so cool. Uh, yes, yes. Oh my, I know. I, so yeah, I mean, I and I know for people listening to who listen to us, you know, to hear us talk about best supporting actresses or awards or whatever, that this is not, you know, this is off brand. But I, this is something that I, you and I also have in common is yeah. this Salesforce thing. And, and I've just used it. And for, it's like, you know, it's without, because who cares? It's just this, it's this database kind of program that you yeah. use for so many. It's a site. It's a thing you use. It's so, I don't know. It's a thing. It's a Google it. And so I've just always been really good at it. And the last, the consulting gig I, I was at, that was what I primarily was doing for the last couple of months was helping migrate data onto Salesforce. And I was like really into it and like, you know, creating which fields they needed and like what kind of field it should be. And all I was, I don't know. It's just something that I, I think there's something about the order that it creates and there's something about the like the logic and the methodology of it. And there's something about the like intuitiveness of the of the system itself that I'm like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to deal with clients. I don't want to deal with salespeople. I just want to like make sense of things, you know? Yeah. And solve problems that you know how to solve in a system that you really like and are familiar with. Exactly. And it pays really well. And so that's it's awesome. like, I just feel like, so I, I don't know, that's the direction I'm going. My plan is to take the test within the next couple months and then start applying and maybe have a new job early next year, you know, January or February, um, ideally January, but like just searching Salesforce administrator and like, LinkedIn in terms of the job search there's like thousands and it's oh, not I'm sure it's in and it's in so many different industries so it's like it'd be nice to get out of digital advertising and away from like actual like sales stuff but like even if it was it's like that's very familiar I know how to do all that you know yeah I mean that's kind of the name of the game is like get so good at something that you are the experts and you can, you know, as you jump from like, whether it's like a contract or like a full-time job or whatever it happens to be, you know, you can help people customize it with what their needs are within that company. And I don't know, always sort of be the hero in a way. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. And and I think there's a part of me that feels like I'm not throwing away all of this experience I gained, Yeah, you know, in my day job where it's like, there's value in that, you know, but like, this really hones into like, okay, but what consistently have I thrived on? Like, I used to think I really liked being people's managers. I like it. I don't love it. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's a lot of babysitting and I've done it for a while and I don't think I want to do that anymore. So, um, but oh, it's a good experience so to have. Yeah. So, um, so that's Yay. big. That's a big, uh, it, uh, it gives me such a sense of like, because it obviously it's about at the end of the day, it, a big part of this is just like the financial stability. And it's like, great, this sets me up so that everything else can be in stasis. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's a, it's a job I can do remotely. It's a job that I know how to do. It's a job that'll pay well. It'll certainly meet my, my financial needs. And, you know, I can continue to live in New York without any concerns and kind of keep my mind open to if and when I want to do something else, you know? That is awesome. I feel like, um, you know, you're down by the river and you have like a huge square, like sifting thing and all the rocks are falling through. And then eventually you're left with one 
rock that says Salesforce. <laughs> yes, it was. I know. I was like, there you are, my my little cloud. Yes, it was. Yeah, it's like a little cloud. In the, yeah. That's so cute. so I'm really I'm excited, and I I also feel like you know the network I have right now. I'm sure there's potential opportunities even within that. So who knows what could come out of this? But yeah, um, if you're listening, you know, yeah, <laughs> hit me up. Um, but anyway, that is a huge update that is that involved a lot of Salesforce talk. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I mean, I said just a couple minutes ago too that I feel like I feel like a new mom that hasn't time has no time to like watch TV or listen listen to podcasts. And I'm slowly kind of getting back to our my old life. I say our because Keon and I both are in the same boat with right. new pup uh, who will be turning nine months on the 14th oh wow which was yesterday oh my gosh Uh we didn't even celebrate it that's Uh how busy we are that's how sort of out of touch we are and it is it has its highs and lows and it's it's like i don't want to complain too much because there are so many like i said before so many good things about her um that are hard to remember when she is being such a pain in the ass but keon and i are both optimistic that with training and with a hell of a lot of patience that she'll get to where she needs to be um because if i really think of like the worst things about her it's like she's bored you know what i mean she needs uh-huh. to be um you know we need to do more enrichment we need to get her more outside we need to get her on walks and tucker her out and right now it just feels like a lot because we're um i haven't recorded an episode of the good vanilla and like almost a month and we're prepping for this vacation and I just started a new job. So it's a lot of things that I, I just didn't really know how hard it was going to be, but also it could be way worse. Um, And she is, you know, she's, uh, it it just, it's up and down. Like today we took her to get a bath. I took her to get a bath and she like kind of nipped the guy um, cause there was like another pug that he was holding and they're like, is she good around dogs? And I'm like, I was, and really the answer that, to that is yes, as long as the dogs aren't little. And I kind of forgot that. So the pug and her were kind of running around and she didn't like, she's just curious, you know, she, but she also doesn't do well with animals that are younger than her. And then the guy, uh, or little or littler than her and the guy scooped her back up and then she kind of jumped up and I think like nipped his arm or like the side of his leg and it was very dramatic he like fell to the ground the pug was already on the ground at this point and i was like (sighs) oh my god i'm gonna get sued it wasn't out of it wasn't a vicious bite it was just she was excited to see the pug and i was just like spiraling the whole drive home but it was fine it was fine and I was like, is she ever going to be good around dogs? I don't know. Will we ever be able to take her to a dog park? I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a journey. But like I, it's like I'm. Sometimes I have trouble seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But you know, the good definitely outweighs the bad. But the bad, when it's bad, it's bad. So that is a very long-winded answer of. Uh, you know, we're we're getting there, and it's only been a month since we've had her. So chill out, Nick. Sure, right. Like it's probably in the like it feels like a lot because you're going through like every day of who knows what it's going to be today and the pooping and the couch cushions and and the nipping and then in the like the larger grand scheme of things you look back and it was like oh my god it was a month you know because once you have six months with her you know it's yeah. going to be like oh, okay that was the first month it feels smaller but that doesn't mean it at the moment yeah this doesn't feel stressful and I uh, 
yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's probably a lot of just routine. And as you said, patience and training and, you know, wearing her out and especially as a puppy, you know, yeah. and you, do, you don't live on a farm with endless amounts of time to run her out. It's hard. Like, let her run. Yeah. And in order to do that, like I took her to her park yesterday, but, and I will never take her there again. Uh, because there were so many squirrels, oh. so many. And, you know, come wintertime, I don't know where squirrels go during the winter. Not that I'm going to be walking her in like a foot of snow, but um, it was just a lot. So it was, I learned my, it's just learning lessons. It's like, all right, well, we're never going back to that park. Yeah. Um, and Isn't there a neighborhood in Pittsburgh called Squirrel Hill? There is, yeah. yeah. Squirrel Hill is awesome. They have like amazing restaurants there. And it's also super bougie. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Probably a lot of squirrels. Probably a lot of squirrels. Yeah. But uh, I was gonna say something else about her, but like, really, it's um, she's she's making progress, and it's like I feel like when when parents say like the days are long, but the years are short, you know? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I feel like we're gonna blink, and it'll be next year already. But it is. It's she will just not settle for the life of her and by settle it's not like she's zipping around the house 24 7 it's just like she's like what can i do now what are you gonna how are you gonna occupy my time and mm -hmm. you know we yeah. have the licky mat from jody thank you aunt jody for sending it uh the licky and the mat. kong licky mat it's just like this little plastic or like a silicone mat that has like some texture to it and you smear some peanut butter on it. I've been putting pumpkin on it. You could put yogurt on it, uh, baby food, and you put it in the freezer and then you just slap it on the floor and they lick, lick it for like 30 minutes. Oh my God. And it's wow. awesome. It's a game wow. changer. I think that is because enrichment exercise, we have like those little puzzles that you can put treats in and there's little like things you can, you know, they have to move it with their nose. Mm -hmm. But the one that we bought, she figured it out in like five seconds. So it was not, it was like, well, there's $15 down the drain. Right, right. Uh, but again, learning every day. Yep. I mean, that's always like, it's like the oldest joke in the book with cat owners is you buy a cat some, you know, crazy toy and the cat plays with the box, you know, and it's yes, true. Yeah. You know, Marco loves a box. You know, I, there was one day I, I was organizing like the cabinet in my living room and I had a bunch of, I had, you know, cause target, I have like 8,000 target tote bags now. <laughs> and I had a pile of them on the floor and he went bananas. Yes. I, he loved them. And I was like, this, this is what you love. Of course. Uh, so yeah, there's that too of like, you have no idea what they're going to go for or what toy they'll destroy in 10 minutes, you know? Yeah, no more plush. Because honestly, too, like we had the trainer come back to our house uh, this past Tuesday, and it was just like a rapid fire question and answer set, like session with him too. Because one thing that I'm struggling with is like, do not train in the moment, train for the moment. So when I'm trying to make dinner, I can't be training her to get off the counter because it's it's yeah. too late. The food is on the counter. She is not going to get off. It's like you have to prepare like. You have to, you know, put some treats on the counter at a separate session and work on it with her for like a half hour a day. And then she'll get better when you say off and go to her bed. It's just that uh, she does not rest, man. She is up and at him. And even when we take her on like three walks a day, I feel like <laughs> like right now, I feel like we would have to take her three plus hours a day for her to be tuckered out, like a walk mm. and like a really long walk too. Um, so that's hard to contend with because sometimes you just don't feel like it. 
Right? Yeah, especially with winter coming. It's like I know, I know. I know. I know. But it, it will I, I it it sounds like a lot of complaining because that's that's really kind of what's my, my, what my life has been. And you know, thank mm-hmm. God my job is it's picking up a little bit, but I'm still able to be with her because other than she would be like in her crate like almost all day, which is right. not a life that I want her to live either too. So um but overall she's a joy and I I'm just uh still adjusting to it yeah yeah and she'll you know the she'll get there she'll get there and then the rewards will just outweigh what will continue to always be challenges you know and whatever the animal may be you know yeah uh my as a kid my dog mickey you know she you couldn't leave the garbage bag out because she yes, tear you have those she'd, things yes she'd knock over the garbage and she never got out of that habit and or there was there was this little area in our dining room that was kind of like you couldn't really, you had to kind of go around the table to see it. And that's where she would go if she needed to go in the house to the point where we called it PP Alley when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. She she peed over in PP Alley. And we, we would casually just call it PP Alley. We would clean it. We used Resolve, but like it was always PP Alley. Yes. And that was just. Not related to Kirstie at all. No, not no. This is her. No this relation. is her uh, less less successful kinkier sister, PP <laughs> Alley. Yeah, also a Scientologist, and uh, and Marco. It's like every. I was thinking about this. I I am bitten by that cat every single day. Not a. Sometimes he, you know, he just gets a little a little scoopy and he bites kind of hard. Yeah. But one way or the other, I get a bite from that cat every day. It's just normal. It just is what it is. You know. Yeah. Uh, he we he have, annoys me at least once a day. Of course, we yeah. have like a like a poopy alley. I guess is the opposite uh-huh. of it behind the couch. But I think I resolved it. Actually, it was a good tell to know when she had to go outside to poop too, because she uh-huh. would put her paws on the back of the couch, and I was like, "Let's go." Yeah. But we just got a Roomba, our first ever Roomba, uh, this week, oh. and I realized that she is terrified of boxes, especially big boxes. Like, I didn't really think she would have any reaction. Mm-hmm. I just put it on the floor, and I started opening the box, and she went, uh, you know, not barking. She was just like, I'm not going near that thing. So I put the Roomba box. There was, like, a box that the Roomba came in from Amazon, and then the actual, like, Roomba inside uh-huh. of it. I put that in uh, Poopy Alley, and she hasn't been back there since, <laughs> and it's awesome. Yeah, oh, this little I'll tricks. give it a shake every once in a while, too. Yeah, being yeah. Naughty. And I know that's not the best way to do it, but sometimes, uh, sometimes a little fear can work you know it what is I mean? what it is you know yeah. i remember when i was a kid there was uh this like childhood friends and they had this dog and i just always remember that they like the, the very specific detail of they had an old hawaiian punch can with some nickels in it they would yes! shake Leon was just saying that a co-worker uh-huh. said that they have nails in a can or something yeah like that. and i mean it worked, and I mean, I know, I, I know. I, sometimes I just shake a water bottle, and Michael, M- Michael, Michael, my cat Michael. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, of all the names he has, he's actually never been Michael. Uh, but Marco will just run away, and that's all I have to do. I don't have to even squirt him. Yeah, it's um, I, it's like it's like kids. It's like gentle parenting versus like not hitting, but just like a different method too. Like today, just to test it, everyone calm down. I just had a wooden spoon because she would not stop barking at Keon, who was mm-hmm. outside uh, taking cactuses down, cacti. and uh, As you do in Pittsburgh. Yes, yeah, as you course. do, prepping yeah. for the winter. And I just like hit it, hit uh, like a saucepan like twice. I went uh-huh. dunk, dunk, and she stopped, and then she barked again, and I went dunk, dunk again, and then she stopped. 
and it was awesome. I was I like, think "That's." I mean, I think there's something to, say, to this. You started to say "wooden spoon," and I was like, "Oh, what did you I'm cry?" Beat the shit out of and her, and then yeah. I just <laughs> whacked the hell out of that little butt. And I was like, "Oh, you hit a pot." That we were doing that for nurses a couple years ago at 7 p.m. <laughs> this is not offensive. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But uh, there's something to that. We're figuring out. It's just because, you know, like the way that our trainer told us to do it. If she's biting the couch. You try to distract her first. You say, you know, get down and come over here or let's go in the dining room and then take her back in and see if she does it again, which she, of course, is going to do. Mm-hmm. Or you give her a toy like you're bored. Those are like it's basically her telling us I'm bored. Give me something to do. Um, and right. then if she goes back, you could put like a baby gate near it or on top of it. We've had like we've had like folding chairs on the couch uh, <laughs> over the cushion that she chooses to bite every time. And then if she's still trying to get it, you could put her in the other room like for a timeout. And uh, if she barks, you're not rewarding her. But the moment she calms down, you just sprinkle little treats over the gate. Mm. But that whole process is a lot. Of like, if I could just pick up that cardboard Roomba box and shake it, I'm like, <laughs> I was going to say, the same thing. it seems to me that you've got this box sitting in Poop Poop Alley <laughs> that, <laughs> that might that might just be the catch all for all of this. Is anytime she's misbehaving, just show her the box. I know. You know? I go, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> prime delivery. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and she does hate the Roomba too which is mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't really bark at it anymore she'll just go in the other room and like cower and I feel bad so I took her upstairs on Friday and did had, like let the Roomba run in on the first floor and we'll figure a way to do it I don't want to do it while she's in her crate I don't want her to be like traumatized right like, like she's trapped yeah 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 I don't yeah. love that idea so you know it's like we're we're figuring it out and um I can't wait to, you know, revisit this conversation in like three months, six months. And yeah, I was gonna say this is a real time capsule because like it'll it'll this this will all be like, oh, you had no idea. You know what I mean? And like it's one of those things where, yeah, a few months from now, it's like you can look back on the the you right now and go, it all worked out. Don't worry about it. I mean, she's still afraid of the Roomba, but it all worked out, you know? Yeah, it's like, I wish we could put pillows on the couch again, but, you know, it's just not happening right now. Well, it looks like you can put shoes on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. You know what? I sent that video, and I was like, I feel like everyone in the group chat is just going to be so upset, and you all were. Yeah. I I took a video of Lucy watching um on the on our projector uh tv for dogs which is just like squirrels and birds Mm -hmm. doing their thing and then she did she was interested and then she lost interest and started chewing on her bone which is fine but i happened to have one uh leg up on the couch and i was resting my shoe on her bone because we have these sheets on the couch these like old shitty sheets that I just like wash <laughs> yeah. whenever like she chewed a bone today I, that I gave her and it, it looked like a massacre. It was just like slobber and all that shit. But um, and I feel like it was a protective layer. So that's why I felt more comfortable doing it. But I agree. She was on the couch. I mean, uh, just like out. how long were you just hanging out inside the house with shoes on? I pretty much keep my shoes on almost all day because I'm either chasing her around the house or I'm just always prepared to take her outside. And I have like I have my Birkenstocks uh, that I could also slip on, too. But it's been kind of <laughs> don't threaten outside. me. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of just am ready at a moment's notice, too. So the shoes are always on. For the so, work day, at least. But, like, 
pre-Lucy, did you wear shoes in the house? Uh, no. I, okay. It slippers, yeah. I see. Indoor okay. slippers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that. I, I feel like that's always something I notice, you know, in the Smash episodes. It's like people wearing shoes inside or... Um, I've been watching The Watcher on Netflix. Okay. Uh, and there was a scene recently where, like, they had they were just hanging out in the house with, like, she had boots on. I was like, Jesus Christ, get comfortable, you know? Yeah, take uh, your boots off. Take your boots off. Uh, so anyway, so I have to ask, because I just, like, the, the moment I'm inside, I'm like, oh, you know, un- unbound these feet. Yeah, know? kick them <laughs> off. Yeah. Keon keeps his shoes on all day because he has his arch supports in him, and he claims if he okay. doesn't wear his tennis shoes, his back's going to go out. And I'm like, all right. But, all right. Uh, you know, the carpets that are upstairs will eventually probably replace, like, in a post-Lucy world, which I don't want to think about. But, like, I feel like we were going to replace it before we moved in, and I'm kind of glad we didn't. So we're just going to let her, you know, do her thing. Yeah. Okay. So, like in a decade, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Great. Put that on the calendar. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Well, speak. So, are you? Have you heard of this? The Watcher. It's. It sounds like something scary. Is. Is it? Or is it like what? What is it? Go it's on. It's scare-ish. Okay. So, it. I thought it was a movie, but it is a seven-part mini-series. Uh, written, co-written. Most of the episodes co-written by Ryan Murphy. So it's a Ryan Murphy situation, and I think he directed a couple of them as well. And I don't. I feel like I'm told to have strong feelings about Ryan Murphy, but I'm like, I don't know. He's just a guy making stuff, you know? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think I watch enough Ryan Murphy things to honestly have an opinion. But um, anyway, The Watcher is sort of inspired by a true story about this family that moved into this big house in Westfield, New Jersey, which I grew up like two towns over from. <gasps> And I had cousins who lived in Westfield. We used to go over there all the time. We used to babysit for them. They lived like two miles from this house. Uh, so basically, this happened to me is what I'm trying to say is that, <laughs> is that this is my story brought to the Netflix. Drucker. This is the yeah, water, exactly, yeah, yeah, it's just it's the Drucker. That's the um, that's what they call it in Germany. Yeah. So uh, direct translation. I um, it's the story is about this family that moves into this big house in Westfield. And then they, well, the, the true story is that they start getting these like mysterious letters from someone calling themselves the watcher who eventually the, it becomes this whole, like who's doing it? Is it the neighbor? Is it this? Is it that long story short, they end up like moving out of the house and losing a lot of money. And you know, I don't know if they think they ever solve it. Well, Ryan Murphy kind of took the bones of that and like expanded it into like a Ryan Murphy kind of American horror story kind of, you know, paranoia thriller. Uh, and, you know, so there's all these potential suspects and leads and, and twists and turns throughout. And there's a ferret that dies in the first episode. <gasps> no. So I was not happy about Ugh. that. Does the ferret die.com? I you weren't prepared. I, well, the moment I saw the ferret, I went, I searched, does the ferret die in the watcher? And indeed, it, I was, so I knew it was coming once I saw the ferret. Okay. Uh, but it's, I, you know, I'll be done watching it by the time this episode comes out. I'm, I'm like halfway through the last episode as we're recording this. So I imagine I can finish the last 30 minutes, but it's good. It's not too scary. I would say that I don't think that you would be like, it wouldn't be too scary for you. It does have 
Bobby Cannavale. Cannavale. I mean, I just I'm looking at this cast. We have Margot. Oh, she's so good. Richard she's... Kind, you yep. know. Yep. Naomi. Uh, 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 Mia Farrow. Uh, Naomi Watts, Watts, Naomi Watts, Naomi, Naomi, Naomi uh, Watts, Jennifer uh, Coolidge, Jennifer Coolidge in, in in a bonkers role. Like the thing is, there is something kind of uh, slightly off kilter about the tone the entire time, and so she kind of makes sense in the kind of off kilter, campy tone of the show. Um, it's really. Uh, worth a watch. I I think that you would enjoy it. I think you and Keon would enjoy it. I know you're busy. You're busy, but you've got this big vacation, so you might have some downtime to watch a little Netflix. Yeah, I mean, okay. First of all, just one quick more one more quick thing about the Watcher. Uh, I just want to mention Christopher Christopher McDonald, who we loved in Hacks. Yup. Yeah, he's um, great in it. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, and I would say, too, it's like it kind of almost reminds me of like a, a film noir with like the volume turned up a little bit, like the paranoia sort of thriller. I don't mind that. Um, yeah. Or, uh, it's, am I am incorrect in saying that? It's definitely like not it's as not, campy. It's, it's definitely it's got like a weird campy. Is, it's the only word I can think of. It's like hard to describe. It's not too scary. There's definitely no... Um, you've watched the the leftovers you'll be fine you know what i mean yeah. that's what i always think of like oh you've seen the leftovers you'll be fine that show is so tense uh you'll be fine okay yeah i cuz I, I and and sort of going along with this conversation i was talking to jody yes or i think it was yesterday we were texting and uh keon Everyone always rags on me because I have, I'm, I think of one of the few people in all of America that have never done a rewatch of The Office, ever. So, which is why I don't have, you know, those quotes. And I didn't even uh -huh. like, you know, post Michael leaving the Robert California years and like when Andy was the manager and like Kathy Bates. It's like, I remember some of those episodes and then I came back for, for the finale. So I feel, Keon doesn't know this yet. Because um, he's never seen an episode of The Office, which wow. is wow, lucky him. I know, and I, I, I feel that if I got him into it, that he would see just how because he we loved Parks and Rec. I mean, he loved Parks and Rec. Excuse me, and I feel that it's you know they're like cousins. I feel that if you like one, you'll like the other. So maybe that will be our like winter watch. You know. Oh, I love that idea. Oh, yeah. I love that idea. I mean, that's so, I mean, Keon is going to, he has so much, he has the dinner party to look forward to. He doesn't even yeah, know what's coming. I feel oh. like, I feel like he would like it. So I'm going to, if he loves Parks and Rec, I, like the off, there are certain things the office does exponentially better than Parks and Rec does. You know what I mean? That like the office does the genuine moments even better than Parks and Rec does. And I feel like, there is like a sharper like like cringe to the office. I don't know if that's what Keon likes. I I love Parks and Rec, but I feel like oh, if you like Parks and Rec, you're gonna love The Office. Even though I know it's like kind of like chuggy and like Target t-shirts now. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, I'm fine with it. Who cares? I, who it's 2022. Get over it. The world's we're post we're post chuggy. Get over it. That's right. Get some perspective. Yeah, I think um, I, I think what is because I I've pitched it to him in the past too, and he's sort of shot it down because of the cringe hu humor. But I feel like once we see, 
You know, I don't know what the... Here's a pop quiz for you. What is the first moment in those earlier seasons that we get a glimpse of it? Is it the art show? Is it Pam's art show? Or is there something... Where we see, like... Before that. Yeah, you see that glimpse of, you know, the inner core and the heart of the office. Oh, okay. So I think... uh... That the uh, a perfect early episode is the Halloween episode of season two. That's to my memory is the first time you really see Michael because it's like Michael he has to oh, fire when he's someone passing out candy when at he's the passing end? out candy at the oh, end. Oh my god, yes, yeah. So I feel like, and you know, I mean, I like season one of The Office, but I feel like if you guys want to start with season two and then kind of go back and fill in the gaps, that might get past some of the more difficult season one episodes where Michael's really unlikable. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I kind of want to go through season one. We'll see. We'll see. It's so I mean, short. It's six yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we'll be able to get through it. Um, we'll take our time. But I, I think it would be a fun watch. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, and certainly uh, it it will probably still bear true that towards the end, oh boy, does it fall apart. But, you know, but I think what holds it together is that I still, I'm very invested in the Jim and Pam storyline towards the end. So that kind of saves it for me when it gets weird with everything else. But you'll see in nine seasons when you guys get there. Yeah, if anything, like, I want those first five or six seasons under his belt. I feel like, Mm -hmm. and kind of under my belt again, too, I feel like it would be, I think it'd be a good time. Oh, and maybe oh, just thinking of like watching The Office during Christmas time with the Christmas. I love that. Tra- oh, yes, I oh. love watching Christmas episodes. Yeah, of any show oh. of Thirty Rock and Halloween. To be honest, yeah, I mean this is great. I make this happen. Make yeah. this happen for me. Do it for all of us. You know, <laughs> for me. Yeah, do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing a luggage cart right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought of that the other like I feel like it was a month ago when we made that Patty reference. Like, but remember when she pushed the cart, or she tried to move the she cart? She tried to move the cart. Oh my god, that is so funny. Yes, for for those of you who don't know, it's it's the Tony performance of the revival of Gypsy in like I don't know two thousand and seven or eight, yeah. and Patty singing "Everything's Coming Up Roses," and uh, yeah, she just she tries to move that cart at the end, and it's so funny. Oh my god! Oh, by the way, did, I don't think I told you this that I started listening to her audiobook. Ooh, you're and, so lucky. Oh, I mean, it's on Audible. You, you, you're going. Oh, I've done it. I've done it. Oh, I've read it done. and listened to it. it but oh, I, I did oh, it right good. when it first came out. It was the first book I bought on my mom. I bought it on my mom's nook. Oh, god. like how you know your son's day. <laughs> he bought your. He bought Patty's autobiography. On I her had nook. to. Yeah. Yes. I mean. I, I, my, my sense is listening to it is truly the, the best, the most authentic way to experience this book. I am early into it, and there is a part of me that hates it because I'm like, she is so insufferably like, you know, there's this sweet tradition of opening night gifts, and I wasn't able to give my gifts. And it's just like, shut up, Patty. And all the name dropping, and so many friends stopped by to congratulate David me. Mamet. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, God, with the name. I mean, it's just so precious. But at the same time, it's like, this is what you signed up for, honey. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this, is, like, this is what you actually are listening for, is for this woman to just 
lean in to and my friend told me that it she does there's some really juicy parts to keep listening for oh yeah the sunset boulevard stuff yes yes exactly and andrew lloyd weber and the way that she reads it with such disdain for both of them yeah it's it's juicy I'm excited I mean, I I will say sometimes I have trouble with audiobooks. Like I listen to podcasts all day long, but for some reason audiobooks I do yeah, to, I, I tune that. out. But this one, it was like I was I was listening. Even the even the like I grew up in such and such in Long Island. Normally I hate those parts, but I was listening. Yeah, she's she's pretty compelling, and you're right. The audiobook is superior. There are some books where you just you have to have it read by the author. Yeah. Well, whenever whenever there's talk of audiobooks, I always have to recommend Sally Field's audio uh, the uh, Sally Field's version of her autobiography or autobiographical memoir in pieces, I think it was called. Oh, I've never listened to it. Oh, that's one of the few audiobooks where I listen the whole time. It's so good. Oh, it makes you just like appreciate Sally Field on a whole new level. Nice. Maybe I will um because I've been not really. It's like I'm on and off with that that app called Libby, which is uh-huh. it basically hooks up to your local library and you can rent audiobooks. So maybe I'll do that for like vacation. That would be nice. It's yeah, it's really good. It, I was like, oh my god, I was so gripped. So um, we love Sally. We do. Uh, well, speaking of ladies, we love uh, something. I last night, as of us recording this, I saw the movie tar (gasps) with Kate Blanchett. Whoa. You were dropping bombs each last week. It was bros this week. It's I'm going to see bros this weekend. So by the time this episode is released, you know, the, you know, time is weird because we're recording it in advance, but um, I can't wait to talk about it eventually, Mm. but uh, back to tar. So tar and for anyone who doesn't know, tar is this, uh, you know, two and a half hour, you know, character study epic character study of this uh, fictional but feels almost real woman lydia tar uh written and directed by todd fields who did in the bedroom and little children and something else it seems like a darren aronofsky movie it has that yes it has that kind of vibe like and it's the movie in and of itself is you know by the end you kind of get a sense of okay that's what it was about but like as it's going on you're like when so when's the when's the plot gonna start when are we gonna so i mean it's a you know i i liked it i don't think that i loved it as much as i loved in the bedroom or appreciated it the way i appreciate little children i think it is a lot less narrative and a lot more experimental and a lot more about not maybe not experimental but just a lot more about kind of telling a story through these like quieter moments and uh, you do eventually get Kate Blanchett giving a really great roar. There's a great crying scene. There's some really great long takes. There is certainly um, Kate Blanchett is, is absolutely going to be a best actress, you know, front runner uh, at the Oscars this year, uh, or at least a contender. But there is certainly a great best supporting actress role as well uh, by this woman, Nina Haas, who plays her wife, who has some really great little moments. Um it's I like the ending. The ending is it's a very Almodovar kind of ending. It's very okay. Almodovar, and that was really fun. Uh, I would say part of what maybe took away from the movie was, of course, the experience. We went to Alamo Draft House, which I love, and it's kind of the best way to go see a movie is one of those like they bring you yes. food and drinks yes. and all that. But 
somebody brought their baby to tar what or or at least a toddler some sort of nonverbal stage child who did start to have a bit of a tantrum at one point and it was like what the fuck is going on and we i was talking about it with my friends after and it was like i don't know if that was like a toddler or if it was someone who was mentally disabled having a, a a moment and so it was like gotcha and okay. i kind of almost feel like maybe it was to the, like nobody had like a I, eventually i think somebody brought that kid or that person out of the theater but you could almost feel like because alamo draft house has a whole thing about being quiet during the movies and no texting and they play a whole thing before the movie yeah they'll kick you out blah 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 and so i kind of feel like this was like, oh, but I didn't expect to have to contend with a baby at Tar, you know? Oh, yeah, that was, so like, that's a no, lot. Yeah, it's like nobody yelled, but there was, uh, it was a weird moment. And then, like, on the other side of my friend were these two women that were just, like, coughing and sniffling the entire time to the point that some very New York woman in front of us turned around and said, are you sick? And they didn't <laughs> respond. <laughs> and so, I like, mean... God bless that woman. Yeah, I know. And at first I was like, oh, God, lady, you know, mind your business. But then after another hour of it, I was like, yeah, but are you sick? Because, like, you guys have not stopped. And so between the baby and the congestion sisters and our seats were be a little too close to the screen, um, all of this was just a, a healthy reminder of why I prefer to stay home versus, like, got to get back into the theaters, you know? I know it's such a gamble, especially like live theater. I'll never yeah. forget. And I think I talked about on the podcast when we went to see the tour of the bridges of Madison County, which is, you know, of course composed by Jason Robert Brown. And I love that show or at least the music. And I had not seen it and we had great orchestra seats, but we were like all the way in the back. And so the sound booth was behind us and this guy talked the entire time oh, not no. an audience member like a member of like the tech team mm -hmm. and i it it's always that thing it's like we needed that new york woman to be like will you shut the fuck up it's like you're acting like an asshole by talking the entire time so it just ruined it or yeah you never know who you're going to be yeah. sitting next to or like if there's a coffer like it's a you you and I have trouble with that because you paint this certain perfect picture of like how the experience is going to go. And I, I, I don't know. It's like you don't leave, especially with live theater. It's not like a movie where you could come back the next day. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that's what's held me back from like really going to see more live theater because there's definitely some shows out now um, <clears throat> or there's some that are coming out that I, I am kind of interested in seeing. But it's like I just. And I, I think a lot of us are feeling this, like the idea of, and this is not even from a health standpoint, just like the idea of being stuck in in a seat next to all these other assholes who, yeah, are coughing and talking, We're talking and, yes. and and have forgotten how to be around other people. I'm being so Andy Rooney right now. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so much more comfortable at home. This is so stupid. And like, I just feel like every time I've gone to see anything recently, every single time. It's either somebody's talking or there's a fucking baby at tar or it's just uncomfortable seats or, you know what I mean? It's just like, wait, why am I doing this again? You know, like what was the yeah. benefit? So I don't, I mean, I, it, it's such first world problems, but I, it, it feels like kind of similar to a lot of the conversation around bros and people talking about how it, you know, didn't do well at the box office. It's like, well, 
I I feel like I know personally as someone who is, goes to the movies, like I've certainly gotten more selective about what I'm going to go see in the theaters versus just waiting till it comes out on streaming. You know, like some things you're like, okay, well, I know that won't be out on streaming anytime soon, so I'm going to have to go see it in the theaters. And then some movies like Bros or like other things that like horror movies that are coming out right now, it's like this will be out on Peacock in a few weeks. You know? Yes, absolutely. I mean, what was. I, I it's it's probably just because I haven't been paying attention, but like, what was the last big blockbuster? Like, it's probably just some Marvel bullshit. You know what I mean? It's a like, lot it's, of that, yeah. Or reboots or sequels or something like that, or kids movies. I don't I don't know, but like, I can't remember a movie that is sort of like, you gotta go to the theater to see this. Uh, that isn't already an existing franchise. That's like an original movie. People were saying yeah. about Nope. That's people were saying that was a movie that you needed to see in theaters because cool. it was filmed in IMAX and so like to get the full experience. But like I saw Nope, and I, my New York Post, you know, headline of the review would be Meh. I, I, and sure. I I wanted to like it so much. But yeah, we love was, Kiki. Yeah, and I and she was great in it. It just. It just, I don't know. It just didn't really work for me. And so, um, and, and I saw it, I don't think I saw it in IMAX. I think I just saw it in the theaters and I was like, eh, you know, my TV's not that bad, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got snacks at home. You got blankets. Snacks, just blankets. just you and Marco. Yep. I, I lay on the couch versus sit in a chair and like, I'll tell you, I'm very surprised. And I know everyone wanted to know about this. I didn't have to pee during tar once. Uh, but I have been known to take a tinkle and I like to be able to do that and not miss the movie. Press pause. Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh, well, we sound like Statler and Waldorf over here, just (laughs) Just like in the balcony of the movies, like pipe down. down Yeah. Whinge and wine over here. I know, (laughs) but I'm sure people can relate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I just have to say, you know, in terms of some other things to recommend, especially as we're in a, you know, I kind of feel like I like the expression spooky season, but I also feel like it's it's becoming like the pumpkin spice latte of <laughs> expressions. You know what I mean? I think it's still acceptable, at least in my book and on this podcast. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I kind of see where you're going. Yeah. But I'll say this and anybody can do whatever they want. You could do whatever you want. Who cares? Who, who am I? Who cares? Um, I personally am not going to say spoopy, though. No. I will not. Do people I'm, say that? Yes. Yes. No. Spoopy is a thing. And I just, I maybe I'm, I don't know. Uh, so, okay. So we're going to let spooky season still be a thing. Uh, but as we are in indeed in spooky season, have you and I talked about the 1980s movie the fan no i don't think so uh have we wait why do i feel like we have joked on this podcast about the line uh what's this bliss shit is that something we've joked about no i'm not hurt i i mean i guess i know that we i know that we didn't all right scary so but i know that that wasn't the first time so it must have been like with my ex John, maybe maybe I watched it gotcha. with him, or maybe somebody else. There was someone else who like knew what the okay. So the fan, I feel it's not that scary. It does have like a couple of like eek moments, but the fan is uh, early nineteen eighties uh, horror movie about a an older Broadway actress played by Lauren Bacall who's being stalked by 
an obsessed fan who is probably Ooh. gay. Okay. And uh, she's got this great assistant played by Maureen Stapleton, who nice. is amazing. And uh, there are a couple musical numbers in this movie that are uh, atrocious. Like, okay. so incredibly bad, written by Marvin Hamlish. And I... If I'm if I am able to give you a best supporting assignment of sorts, there's a couple things I want to give you, but I really think I need to just send you a YouTube clip of Lauren Bacall singing "Hearts Not Diamonds" from the fan, because I think you need to know what this is. Sure, I'm down to watch. Okay, so that'll be something we need to follow up on. Is uh, I'll I'll send you a couple scenes from the fan. You could watch the whole thing, or you could like watch it up until the ending, and then or like I could tell you what scenes to skip. But um, it really is, especially as we're doing Smash right now, and we're on to the episode of the movie star uh, being the lead in a musical, and she can't sing. I can't tell you how much I think you'll appreciate Lauren Bacall, who apparently won like two Tonys for musicals, how much she is a terrible musical theater actress. <laughs> She's terrible. Somebody needs to tell her that. And I'm telling her that. I, I'm i excited. I think that should be... Is it is, is it streaming somewhere? Is it on YouTube? Or... Yeah, I could definitely find, if you wanted to see the whole movie, I, it's definitely online. I can find it for you. Um or I will make this happen. Hearts Not Diamonds is definitely on YouTube. Nice. Yeah. I have, um, I'm not going to assign this to you, but I, I kind of forgot that we watched it uh, last Friday, I think, was Hocus Pocus 2. And yeah. I know that's not, you know, that's not at the top of your list, nor it never will be. But I I liked it. I think it was fine. It's like, I don't even know what I was expecting going into it. Um, Keanu and I laughed out loud a couple times, actually, surprisingly so. Um, and it really was like, you know, because of the three women, not necessarily any of the other characters, but Tony Hale is in it and he's really great. Um, and oh, who's the other guy? Uh, he's also from Veep too. I'm going to look him up as we talk about it, but, um, I enjoyed it. We had a good time. We had some laughs. It was like one of the first things that like we, had done for ourselves in a while mm. with Lucy. So it was, you know, everything seems a little... So the bar was low. <laughs> yeah, the bar was low. And we, and we both knew we wanted to watch it. Yeah. Uh, Sam Richardson is his name. Uh -huh. That's um, what I was thinking, yeah. And he's really good in it. And uh, and the, the, the teenagers are good too. Like I, uh, you know, I know you, you will never watch it, but um, I just wanted to say that out loud, that Hocus Pocus 2, you know, it it was good. I'll give it a go. Uh, you know, why not? I'll I'll give it a go at some point. I'll set the scene. I'll, you know, uh, make a little popcorn, you know. Uh, yes. I will. Okay. Lower the lights, you know, and we'll see how long I last. There is a star in the making, I feel. And I know that Evan Ross Katz posted about it. I think the caption was like, give young Winifred Sanderson the Oscar. Uh, oh, her name is Taylor yeah. Henderson. And she is so good. And it's in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. So if you do not watch anything else, just watch the like the flashback to all three Sanderson sisters and just keep an eye out for young Bette Midler. It is she is uh, pitch perfect. 
Oh, all right. All right. I'm, I'm, when I think of that, I always think of the older Dottie in A League of Their Own. Yes, yes. And it's just as good. Yeah. I mean, of course, her, what I didn't know until recently is that that woman's voice was dubbed by Gina Davis. Yes. And then once is... you, right? Like, once you know that, you're like, oh, yeah, I can hear that, you know? And a great lip sync, too. I mean, lip sync assassin. Absolutely. I, we must have talked about this in our yes. League of Their Own episode. I think yeah. We, I think yeah. But it's, it's worth repeating. Yeah, but that I mean that was like, oh my god, that woman looks like that's exactly what she yes. would look like. That's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, I uh this may be just a little uh, additional assignment, but did you watch any of that clip of Oprah that I sent you with the First Wives Club ladies? <laughs> I think I watched maybe 3 or 4 minutes and then something happened and Lucy needed attention or something, but I I'm excited to go back and watch it and I want to bring it up to Keon because he is an Oprah enthusiast. So I wonder if he remembers this episode, but oh my gosh, it's like a three ring circus. I can't wait to dive back in. So, and, and most of the, like you could just watch the first five minutes, but there's so much. So what this is folks, this is from like 1997 or whatever. This is after the first wives club came out and it's Goldie and Bette Midler and Diane Keaton, you know, doing a little, you know, episode with Oprah and, it's, you know, going into this, I have I've always had my opinions of, of Diane Keaton. And she is, they're all kind of quintessentially dressed for how we would know them from the 90s. You know, Bette yes. Midler has like a neon green, like power suit on. Goldie yeah. has her 90s uniform on, her black, you know, turtleneck and jeans. And then Diane Keaton is wearing like head to toe leather from the hat to the boots, to the jacket, to the pants, to the vest. She looks the same. Yeah, she looks exactly the same. She is completely covered as if sometimes, you know, there's always the rumors about Dolly Parton that she's got like sleeves of tattoos. That's why she doesn't show her arms. Oh my gosh, yes. And I don't know. I think maybe Diane Keaton, it's either that or, you know, burns all over her body that she's covering with gauze. I have no idea, but she is fully covered. And... They are, you know, Goldie is kind of having this, these these delusional ramblings about, like, youth and, you know, it's about staying young. And I don't like the idea of middle age. And, like, it's really about your mind. And then Bette Midler, who's, I feel like, you know, crash dieting at the moment. She's like, and you got to stay fit, you know, and you got to, like, you got to move. Know, you got to move. You got to keep going. And then, like, Diane Keaton just, like, can't stop laughing. And she's like, I just like to watch TV. And, like, yes. at one point she says, you know, the one thing I like about aging is that you're one day closer to death. And she just, like, is laughing, but you're like, she means these things. And I just, I realized in this interview, the only person who's being real right now is Diane Keaton. Yeah. As ridiculous as she looks, this is this is Diane Keaton. She is, she is completely also unadorned, and I just fell in love with her from this interview. And I just fully appreciated that she was just this little weirdo who somehow was a Hollywood star. And uh, it's really changed my my whole my whole day when it comes to Diane Keaton. I love that. What does she say at one point? She's like, "Do I look happy? Does does this look happy?" Yeah, she does like this look happy. She's wearing. Yeah. Oh, oh so yeah, I'm funny. happy. Does this look happy? Yeah. But she's saying it while she's laughing, so it's like doesn't feel heavy. But then you, you watch it later and it's like, "Was this a cry for help?" Were we I all know, just laughing? Diane. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh you know, put it on the list, but I'm put telling you. Put it on the you, list. Yes. Th- this is uh essential viewing when it comes to Diane Keaton. Ugh, can't wait to finish it. 
it's never going to happen. You I'm going to watch it just You're to never going to watch yeah. it. You're going to transcribe mean, the whole thing. I got a lot of, I mean, vacation is coming. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I got a whole, you know, that's a great, we got some long flights ahead of us to Hawaii and back. So there's plenty of time for me to watch stuff or listen just, to stuff and read. Yeah. I can't wait. So indeed, as you're listening to this, folks, you are going to be in, uh, I always think of Rachel getting married when Kim says, have fun in Hawaii. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So you are going to be having fun in Hawaii. Uh, You're currently, as this is, as this episode is live. Crazy to think about. You're drinking a a, a Mai Tai and getting sand in your shorts. Yeah. I mean, actually at this point... I'm trying to think ahead. Oh, we will be in Vegas at this point because next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, so these episodes, you know, Thursday and Friday, respectively, we will be in Vegas. We're not leaving for Hawaii until like Saturday after this. Raid. Yeah. Oh, there's but still, steps. You could get you know, sand in your shorts Lounging in Vegas. at Caesars Palace, yes, yeah. and a caftan. And, you know, it'll be great. I'm I'm so excited to just relax, get a little vacation from Luce. She's staying with her grandparents. It's going to be oh. awesome. My God, that's so exciting. So you're going to go to Vegas for a few days, and then you're going to fly out to Hawaii. Yes. Jesus Christ. It's going to be awesome. Great. I can't yeah. wait. Uh, that sounds I can't wait great. to eat everything. Oh, my God. I feel like there is, I I, I mean, in Hawaii, I, I feel like the, the food I always think of is like, it's like you get like a, a nice big scoop of white rice, and it's this like nice looking like grilled spam or something or yeah. chicken there's it looks like bourbon chicken from the mall but i know that it's better and then for some reason there's yeah. always macaroni salad and usually i'm like no uh, i'll never turn that down but i'm like oh i could see why that would work so please have that dish at some point in hawaii absolutely don't just have dole whips you know? i won't no don't just have dole whips i'm not gonna have any no yeah yeah you're gonna watch the oprah interview you're not gonna have a dole whip just to spite me <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Well, that's so exciting. Have so much fun. Um, did you have anything else on your list of things to discuss? No, I feel I feel good. This is a nice little catch up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're not doing BSAs of the week, but if we were, I'd have to give it to Jamie Lee Curtis because she's just she's she's trying to be BSA of the year. You know, she's doing oh everything. Oh my gosh. Right now. That's yeah. true. I had a BSA the week before and I forgot it, but I'll I'll give it to uh, a recent episode of All Right Mary that I listened to. It was the the dinner party episode oh. where you ranked them. And I guess it's true because I, I had a question, I'm sure people wrote in, but I I just don't think it fit the criteria is that you did not mention uh, August Osage County, but that wasn't necessarily a dinner party. Is that why it was left off the list? I guess we stretched the rules a little bit. I think I liked it better in the play than I did in the movie. Oh, that's right. So you're you talking know. about movies only, but I'm yeah. glad Clue was mentioned. I'm glad yes. that you are fluent in Clue now. It's just it's so a joy much to now. Hear. That was a yeah. good episode. Thank you. Oh, thank yes. you very much. Oh, and I, you know, an honor and a privilege. Um, yeah. Anyone who wants to listen to that, that is a an only Mary's uh, episode on our Patreon and All Right Mary. So you know, there might be some crossover listeners, and if not, yeah. you want to hear me talk about dinner parties, including Rachel getting married, uh, and you know, yes. and I got to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which made me very happy. Um, but in any event, uh, well, folks, if you're listening, if you're still listening, we will not have a new episode next week because you are getting so much needed travel in. And frankly, I have been 
you know, doing triple duty with All Right Mary and Best Supporting Podcast. Uh, it'll We just finished doing Drag Race Philippines. And so between that ending and us taking a week off, I'm okay to kind of, you know, have a later week as well. So, um, you know, uh, if, if you do want to fill in the gaps, either, you know, this might be a great time to join Patreon and check out some of our other yeah, after shows. Oh, my gosh. So or all the Smash episodes because there'll be like 11 of them at this point. And uh, otherwise, we'll be back. We got to figure out what our uh, our next our next ep- main episode is going to be. Ooh, that'll be nice. Yeah, um, I have an idea, but we can we can talk about it off the mic. I can't wait. All right. Well, uh, we you know, yeah, we are being played off. We are actually being played off. I don't know how it happened. Uh, okay. Where uh, I feel like we we didn't why do i feel like why do i feel so discombobulated where can people find more of you we're doing it all out of order this week that's okay uh i'm currently like i mentioned before i haven't been recording episodes of the good vanilla but i am bound and determined to come back and um you know get back on the good vanilla train after vacation so i'm very intrigued yeah it's very intrigued and my the soup's delicious uh So, yes, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa recap podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Uh, Well, you can find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, but you could also hear me on In Details, a celebration of nuance, and uh, the aforementioned All Right Mary. Uh, And, of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And it's been shamelessly plugged before, but peel your peepers because I'm going to shamelessly plug it again. Uh, Feel free to join us on Patreon to not only get early access to these main episodes, but access to all of a whole a whole stinking catalog of after shows and Patreon exclusive episodes. And most excitingly, season one of Smash, which is uh, just a a goddamn delight. So um, that's a patreon.com slash BSA pod. Get over there, people. Yeah. And uh, you know what? That, as they say, is that. <laughs>